0: My name is Ben. If we haven't met before, I'm the campus pastor here at our Noblesville campus. I want to say thanks for being here today. Uh, You certainly are the faithful coming on Labor Day weekend, and we appreciate you. And uh, I think God has good things in store for you today. I want to start this morning by giving you a small glimpse into my childhood. I think some of you know that My dad was a pastor. He retired from full-time ministry just a couple of years ago, and I have a lot of memories uh, of growing up, going to church, and seeing my dad stand up and preach, seeing him teach Sunday school, and even leading worship. He was in a a small country church for most of his ministry, and uh, when you're the pastor of a small country church, you kind of do everything, and so I, I have a lot of memories of my dad doing those things. My mom played the piano and the organ at church, and most Sundays uh, during service, you could find me at the end of the front row, stage left, because that's where the organ was, and it was close enough that if I was, you know, if I needed a quick look from my mom at the organ to tell me to settle down or to be quiet, she could shoot me that look, and I knew exactly what it meant, and uh, that we were going to have a talk after church. Now, she didn't have to do that very much, because as you can imagine, I was an exemplary child, Uh, but... One of the songs that I remember my mom and dad leading was a song called The Family of God. And I think it was by Bill Gaither, actually. Do any of you maybe remember growing up singing a song in the family? We've got a few of you do. Uh, the chorus went like this. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain and cleansed by his blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. And uh, I tried to get Josh to lead that song this morning, but apparently it was in the wrong key, he said, or something, so... Uh, But I wonder this morning, even if you've never heard that song, have you heard that phrase before, the family of God, and, and wondered what it meant? Have you ever thought that it's strange that Christians refer to one another as brother and sister? Have you ever thought that kind of weird? I want to talk to you today about what it means to be in the family of God. And then I want to look at some specific things that we hold as priorities for our family here at Genesis. And I want to start all the way back at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1. Uh, if you want to follow along in a the Bible, there are some around you under the, uh, under the seats there. And I actually checked. This is actually on page 1 in your Bible. Uh, but this is where we find that God, in His creativity and in His power, He creates man. And this is what we read in Genesis 1:27. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And as we read further into Genesis chapter two, what we find is that God started with one man, one specific man named Adam, and Adam shared a very special relationship with God. But something was missing, and so as we read on into Genesis two, uh, Genesis two eighteen, we read the Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." And this part is really important. Because sometimes people will say that their relationship with God, well, it's just between me and God. That's that's all I need. It's just my relationship with God. I don't need anyone else. But notice that Adam had that, and still God looked down, and he said, this isn't good. In fact, it's the only thing in all of creation that God declared not good. He he said it's not good that the man would be alone. So here's what he does in Genesis 2, uh, starting in verse 22. It says, Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. And what we see in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 is the beginning of God's plan for the family. We read that the woman is the reason that a man will leave his parents. He leaves mom and dad to be united to his wife and they become one flesh. And if you don't know what that means, I guess we can talk after service. But look at what God says after he created man and woman in Genesis 1:28. God says this. He says It says that God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Or my version of the Bible says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. So the command that's given to the first husband and the first wife is, go have kids. Produce offspring. Have a family. Fill the earth. Dad and mom and sons and daughters. Family was in the beginning part of God's plan. Now we have to keep in mind that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, everything is perfect, It's all as God had intended it to be. And unfortunately, things don't stay that way for very long because we come to Genesis chapter 3 and we find that shortly after creation, mankind chose sin over God's perfect plan. And everything goes south. Everything is affected as a result of sin. And the family is no exception. And you don't have to go very far to see the effect that sin had on the family in fact, uh, just one more chapter over in Genesis chapter 4, we find something that is unthinkable for any parent. As one child is so filled with hatred and anger toward his brother that he takes his brother's life with his own hands, he murders him. And from there, as you read on in Genesis, it only gets worse. If you've ever felt like your family was really messed up and you wondered why, it's Genesis chapter 3. That's where it all began. And I know that for some of you here this morning, when you hear me talk about the family, the reality for you is that your family looked a lot more like what happened after Genesis chapter 3 than what God intended in Genesis 1 and 2. All of our families, to some degree, have been affected by sin. For some, it's painfully evident with things like harsh words and hatred and jealousy and abandonment and abuse and on and on. And if that's the story of your family, and if you have wondered where God was in the midst of all that dysfunction, I want you to hear me say clearly this morning, that was not God's plan for your family. That is not what God intended for your family to look like. That is not how God intended for your father to act. That is not how he intended for your mother to respond. That's not how he intended for your brothers and sisters, or maybe even for you, you know, to speak to one another, to act towards one another. God's plan was for a family where mom and dad would love each other sacrificially, where children would be loved and cared for, where brothers and sisters would look out for each other before they looked out for their own needs. That was what God had in mind. But when sin entered the picture, it messed everything up. But I'm here to tell you today, and I'm happy to tell you today, That the story didn't end in Genesis chapter 3. Because God, in His great love for us, He set into motion a plan to redeem us from our sin. And it involves sending someone from His own family, His one and only Son. Galatians 4 puts it this way It says, When the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Do you hear the family emphasis in those words? Adoption to sonship. And because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also Listen, God's plan from the fall of creation was that one day you would receive a new family. He has been patiently waiting for you to accept the gift of his son, Jesus, who when the right time had come, stepped out of heaven, was born of a woman, lived a sinless life and became obedient to death, even to death on a cross. And in his death, he became the perfect sacrifice for your sins and mine. And now through Christ, we have been offered a new family. That's the most important thing I want you to hear this morning, that through Christ we have been offered a new family. We've been offered adoption into the family of God. Paul says, no longer are you a slave. You are now literally God's child. You have a new father, a perfect father, who loves you as you are and who desires to make you more like his son, Jesus. And because you have a new family, you also have new brothers and sisters. Now, uh, this new family full of brothers and sisters, uh, it's not a perfect family yet. But hopefully what you'll find in this family is that we are all striving to be more and more like Jesus too. And we can hold each other accountable along the way and we can encourage one another. And when one suffers, we all suffer. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice and we serve each other in love. That's what it means to be a part of the family of God. Galatians 6 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do you see the special responsibility that we have to this family? Why? Because there are no loners in the family of God. There are no loners in the family of God. No one stands alone. As children of God, members of his family, we're called to look out for one another and to look for opportunities to serve one another and to do good. And in this new family, man, you have, you've been given brothers and sisters from every tongue and every tribe and every nation. That's what the scripture tells us. It's a global family. You saw some of your family members on this screen from Myanmar uh, just a few minutes ago. It's, it's not defined, it's not a family, it's defined by race or region or language, but only by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I wonder this morning, just as we're getting started, are you a part of the family of God? Or are you part of his family? The Bible says that if we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, that we'll be saved. And if that's not something that you've ever done, I wanna ask you this morning, why not? Why not? What's holding you back from being a part of God's family? I want you to seriously consider that this morning. What's holding you back? Now, before we move on, I want to clarify something. As a part of the the global family of God, Scripture tells us that, that we're to come together in smaller local families for the purpose of teaching and fellowship and prayer. Hebrews 10:25 is maybe a passage you want to look up later on today. That's one of the scriptures we point to about not giving up on meeting with one another. And I want to talk now what it specifically means to be a part of this local family at Genesis Church. But I want to be clear as I shift from talking about being a part of the family of God to being a part of the family here at Genesis, that there is a difference. Okay, These are are two distinct and different things. Being a part of the family of God, this is a matter of salvation. When you submit to Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, you become a part of the family of God. Regardless of what church you're a part of or what denomination you choose to join with or non-denomination, if you receive Christ by grace through faith, you are a part of the global family of God. But obviously not everyone who is a part of the global family of God is a part of this family here at Genesis Church. And what we're about to talk about in stepping into the family here at Genesis, it's not a salvation issue. Okay, it's not a salvation issue. These aren't things that you can do to earn God's favor or to earn salvation. It's simply a matter of whether or not this is your church home, if this is your family. And if it's not, or you're a visitor today, you're just checking things out, that's okay, that's fine. Listen, my desire is that everyone in this room would become a part of the family of God. Whether or not you decide to be a part of the family here at Genesis That's still a really important decision. And I hope you will link arms with us, but it's not an indicator of your salvation, okay? Is that clear? Do you see the distinction between being a part of the family of God and and being a part of the family here at Genesis? Here's why this is important. Because we get this question a lot at Genesis Church. People often ask, how do I become a member at Genesis Church? And some of you have come from churches where there was some kind of a formal membership process. Maybe you went to a class and you signed a statement of faith or you made some sort of commitment and then you were awarded membership. How, how many of you experienced something like that in your past? You've come from churches that do that. Yeah, and there's, we're not saying there's anything wrong with that. We just don't have that here at Genesis. We don't have membership in its traditional sense here. We never have. We've chosen to go a different route, and it's the route of operating as a family. Now, would you agree that people who are a part of a family do things differently than those who are just guests? Would you agree with that? I mean, think about in your own home. Uh, There are things that we would expect of our family that we would never expect of our guests. The same is true here at Genesis. And so we have identified three key indicators uh, that we look to to know who is a part of the family. And again, this isn't about do these things and then God will love you, okay? God already loves you. This is just about, you know, who who is a part of the family here at Genesis. These are three things that we wanna prioritize for everyone who would be a part of this family. And we call them the three Cs. And the first is this. As a family, we celebrate together. We celebrate together. We gather every Sunday to look at all of the good things that God has done for us, and we worship him for it. Now, Sunday morning is not our only celebrate environment, but it's certainly our biggest. It's certainly our biggest celebrate environment. It's usually the first place where people engage at Genesis. And I frequently ask people, you know, how did you get connected at Genesis? How did you become a, a part? And, and almost always, it began with a Sunday morning celebration, someone coming on Sunday to check things out. I love Sunday mornings here at Genesis. I love coming together to be with my church family and to celebrate with you all. But when we think about this within the context of a family, it would be really weird if all we ever did was celebrate together. For instance, my son Josiah is going to turn six on Wednesday. Uh, it's his birthday, and we're going to celebrate. We're going to throw a party. But what if the only time I saw Josiah was when we celebrated? You know, it's Christmas, it's Easter, it's somebody's birthday, it's time to celebrate. You know we, we have a party, we get together, we eat some cake, uh, we give some hugs, and then it's, "Hey, we'll see you later." And, uh, and why don't we see Josiah again until the next time we celebrate? That's not what a family does. That's what guests do, and we're glad that guests come and they, they, they're a part of our celebration, but there's so much more to being a part of a family. And the sad truth is that some of you would say that Genesis is your home and this is your family, but all you're doing is celebrating and leaving. I wanna tell you this morning, if that's you, I really want you to hear me on these next two priorities because this is what it really means to be a part of this family. The second priority is this that we connect with one another. That's the second C here at Genesis. Remember, there are no loners in the kingdom of God. We were meant for meaningful relationships, but to, to see those relationships form, you can't just celebrate and leave. It's not gonna happen. You've gotta make this a priority. We ask every family member at Genesis Church to commit an hour or two a week to connecting with other believers, to get to know their family. The easiest way to do that for most Is to join a connection group, and I'm going to talk more later on about the process and how to do that. But if you join a group, here's what's going to happen. I can tell you from experience. You know, there's there's been a number of times where I've been in a group, and somebody will share something, and and they may think, you know, I'm really the only one going through this, but I'm going to put it out there, and they share what's on their heart, and uh, and somebody else in the group will say, you know what, that's exactly what I'm going through too. Or that's exactly the way that I've been feeling too. And we go from feeling isolated and alone to recognizing that we have brothers and sisters who are walking the same road that we're walking or maybe they've walked it before us and they've got some wisdom for us in the season of life that we're in. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. There is power and strength in being a part of a family. And so we celebrate and we connect with one another. And there's one other priority for our family members here at Genesis, and it's that we contribute. We contribute. I want to share with you another illustration from my family. This one is, is actually a true illustration. Uh, maybe you can relate. A couple of months ago, Beth Ann and I noticed a pattern in our home at mealtime. What was happening was that Beth would prepare the meal. And we would all come together, and uh, we would enjoy the meal. We'd share a little about our days. The meal would be over, and then all of a sudden, our kids would head for the nearest exit. And they would go off to do whatever it is they were going to do. But the problem was, the kitchen was still a wreck, and the dining room was a mess, and no one was left to help clean up. And so we had a family meeting. Anybody here have family meetings at their house? Family meetings are great if you're a parent. They're horrible if you're a kid. But... uh, (laughs) But we had a family meeting And I explained that things needed to change As a part of the Kraus family That we find joy And we find responsibility In pitching in and in serving So now when we finish dinner Everyone has a job Somebody's clearing off the table. Somebody's scraping plates into the trash can. Somebody's rinsing them and putting them in the the dishwasher. Somebody's wiping down cabinets and tables. And everyone has a part to play and a place to contribute before we move on to the next thing. And so Genesis Church, I I think maybe it's time this morning for us to have a family meeting. I think it's time for us to, to consider that if Genesis is your church and if this is your family I need to ask you, are you contributing? Are you contributing to the work here? We ask that every member of this family commit two hours a month to serving. And some folks here serve way more than that, way more than that. But two hours a month is a great place to start. Can I tell you two specific places where we could really use some help? First, I don't know if you realize this or not, I bet you do. We have the greatest parking team in the state of Indiana. Did you know that? Can we give it up for our parking team this morning? And those folks, those folks have a great time helping you get in and out of our space safely. They aren't afraid of getting wet. They aren't afraid of a little snow and ice. And they're some of the most faithful volunteers that I've ever seen. Showing up early to clear a path, to set out cones. Uh, And you know what? We could use some more faithful and fearless family members here at Genesis to be a part of that team. We could use your help there. Let me tell you about one other place where we could use some help. I wonder if you realize that on an average, we serve over 120 kids, uh, infant through fifth grade, every single Sunday in our Gen Kids ministry over 120 kids every Sunday. Did you know that it takes 40 volunteers to ensure that those kids are cared for, protected, and taught every single Sunday? That's a big number, 40 volunteers every Sunday. But do you also realize that we have around 400 adults in and out of these doors every Sunday? So the question isn't, where are we gonna find 40 people? The question is, where's our family? Because we've got kids who need to see and hear the love of Jesus, and we have a huge opportunity to build into our next generation of family members. And here's the coolest thing you want to know where something like serving in Gen Kids can lead? Last weekend, if you were here, we had baptisms, and we got to watch as Benita Wallen helped baptize Saley Ford. What you may not know is that Benita invested in Sally through our Gen Kids ministry, and they built a special friendship. And last Sunday, Benita got to be a part of the most important decision that Salie will ever make. How cool is that? How cool is that? And it all happened because Benita was willing to contribute and to invest into the family here at Genesis Church. So if this is your family and you're not already contributing, I'm asking you this morning to step up to two hours a month of contributing. We're not just here to consume. We're here to celebrate We're here to connect, and we're here to contribute. What's your next step into this family dynamic? You know, you'll see at the bottom of your notes page that uh, there's a place for you to consider this. And I want you to spend some time thinking about this, and I want you to fill it out. And here's the reason why. Here's why this is so important. This isn't just a, you know, we had to do something on Labor Day, so let's talk about the three C's. You know, at the beginning, we talked about the fall of man and the way that sin has impacted even the family and how many of us came from dysfunctional families, and all of us have come from families that were affected by sin to one degree or another. Do you realize that this picture of family that God has given us, this new family that we've been invited into, this is supposed to be a picture to the world of what family is supposed to look like. our Our families of origin were affected by sin, they're fallen, they're broken. We expect to see some kind of brokenness there. And and while the family of God is not yet a perfect family, this should be the place where the world can look and say, "That's what a family's supposed to look like. That's what a, that's how a family is supposed to operate. People loving one another, people coming together to know each other and to be known, and to share struggles and share sin and share joys and to walk alongside one another." And at the end of the day, to serve each other in love and to look for opportunities to do it, that's what the family of God is supposed to look like. And that's why we want to talk about something like the three C's today. And that's why it's so important for you to make a commitment to this and to step into the family here. So maybe your first step this morning, maybe your step is simply to accept that free gift of grace that God has offered to you through his son, Jesus. Maybe you've never stepped into the family of God. Maybe today's the day. I hope it is. I hope you'll accept his free gift of grace. He's offered you this new family and you can be adopted by God through the blood of Jesus. And today you can be known as a child of God. If that's your next move and you're ready to make it, I'd love to talk to you more after the service today. Come up here and I wanna welcome you into the family of God. But I suspect that there are also a number of you here today who are already a part of the global family of God but, but you're coming and you're celebrating and you're leaving and you've never really stepped fully into the family here. Your next step is to sign up for a group. Your next step is, is to start building relationship with others in this church family. There are groups that are gonna start even this week and next week. You get to get in on the ground floor and start fresh. There are groups in people's homes. There's groups here on campus. There's a group almost every night of the week where you make it a priority to connect with others from your family. Or or maybe your next step is to sign up to serve on a team. It's a couple hours a month invested into serving your family here. And it's an investment that doesn't come back empty through the Genesis Church app. If you have that on your phone, you can see all of the groups that are being offered. You can see a number of ways that you can plug in and serve here at Genesis Church, and you can sign up right there on the app. But even better yet, uh, you probably saw that when you came in, we have an area set up in the lobby. There's a banner over that area that says, Step into the Family. And we're gonna have some friendly and maybe slightly aggressive people uh, at that booth who would love to talk to you more about a good fit for a connection group, a good fit for a ministry team where you could plug in, would you be willing to step out there and just look at what those next steps might be? However you do it, I want you to take that step today. If Genesis Church is your home, if this is your family, I want you to take that step. It's time to make this a priority. Get in a group, get on a team, and step into the family. Let me pray for you. Father God, we, uh, we love you. And uh, we pray that you heard that from our hearts as we sang it before, Lord, that uh, these aren't just words from our lips, but they're, they're words from hearts that are deeply in love and deeply indebted to you for what you did for us through your son, Jesus Christ. And Father, thank you for the new family that you've given us. Lord, we're not perfect. You know it better than anyone. Everyone in this room has struggles. Everyone in this room has sin. Uh, But, Father, we're striving to be more and more like Christ, and we're trusting him to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to purify us from sin, and to become more and more like Jesus. That's what we want, Father. And I pray this morning, Lord, as we think about just this local family, Father, that maybe there's some people here this morning who who have been coming and celebrating and leaving for some time. Father, I pray that you would give them boldness, that you would give them uh, a deeper commitment to your family here, not because it's a way to earn your love or earn salvation, but Father, simply because we're a family and families connect and families contribute. And we wanna be a good example of what your family looks like to a world full of dysfunctional families that people could look at Genesis Church and say, that's what it's supposed to be. That's what it's supposed to look like. Would you move us to action in that today? Father, if there are those here this morning who have never taken a step to being a part of your family, I pray that your spirit would be moving in their heart today that they would take that step of faith, Lord, and that they would find nothing but grace and mercy and love and that they would become a child of yours today, Lord. We thank you for that opportunity through Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray, amen. Hey, would you stand with us? We're gonna sing a little bit more before we leave today. Yep, go ahead and sit down, I was wrong.
1: Angela and I really felt a need for community uh, and for uh, people to to have around us in in our journey and we were able to get involved in a connection group the second week that we came to Genesis and um, those people surrounding us um, was a great part of the beginning of our time here.
0: I just really feel like it's been such a period of growth for myself and for my family. We're all serving in one capacity or another, whether it's setting the church for Sundays, youth group assistants, um, small group leaders, gen kids. I mean, we are plugged in, and not because we have to anymore, but because we want to. Serving, that's what Jesus wants us to do. He wants us to be the hands and feet. Do what He came to do. He, he was the one that said, you know, love your neighbors. Love your neighbors. Do that. You know, it's pretty cotton dry. <laughs> you know, if you think that you're going somewhere new, wouldn't it be nice to have somebody greet you at the door? It's unfamiliar territory. Whatever it is, just be the hands and feet and serve and help. It doesn't have to be much. It could be something really small. And it seems insignificant, but to whoever you're helping, it could be a really big deal. It doesn't solve everything. If you, you If you've joined a ministry team or a connection group, here or at another church before you know you can still come in and out of these doors every week and serve and go to a group occasionally and still not have deep lasting relationships with people. The reason is because you get out of it what you put into it. So sometimes we do those things and we go through the motions but we really need to make intentional efforts to try to connect with others and to be vulnerable with them and try to grow and learn from each other.
1: In serving we had to step out and say that we were willing to uh, invest in uh, of our time and the things that we you know, enjoy doing to, to invest for the good of everybody else around us as well. We've given up time for our church family. That's what you do for family. You make sacrifices for the people you love.